0: What's up, everybody? Hey, thank you for tuning in to the Raw Biohacker Podcast. This is a podcast that gives you the most raw and up-to-date information on applied nutritional science. This is from Brain Cell the Audience. Thank you so very much for tuning in with us today. It has been a long drought since May, since I posted my last video, but I am excited to be back. I have some different ideas and concepts and contextual clues that I'm going to be adding into my content from here on out. It gave me plenty of time to think about the new ideas I'm going to be establishing into my podcast and hopefully it draws in more of a crowd. It's going to be exciting. I am excited. Um, I love talking about health and nutrition. I love reading. I read, 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 read every single day. I can't tell you how important it is. And especially in what I like to do, um, it's, uh, it's not only a gift and not only it's fun, but it's also a necessity that in the work that I do, you have to learn from the individuals who have perfected it themselves. And if you don't want to use the bird perfectionism, you can use trial and error and then eventually lead to something that worked out for them. And that's what I've been doing over the last, I guess you can say, several months since May. Feels like a long time ago that I've done my last podcast, but like I said, guys, I'm ready. I'm ready to be back and to engage with the people who are interested in this type of field. Now, I'm focusing a lot on fitness, and I'm gonna be honest with you. I have discovered a lot about myself. Um, I have gained 17 pounds of muscle since May. Uh, now for you, those listening out there, it sounds crazy, but I'm going to be honest with you that I have actually done it. I have put on that many pounds of muscle. I've not gained any fat. Uh, I t- do test my BMI and I am quite impressed with the work that I've done for myself. It takes a lot of discipline to maintain something that you're goal oriented towards. Now, I'm not a big fan of the word motivation. We're not. It's really hard to keep motivation, but discipline is what gets you to be motivated. I don't really believe it's the other way around. I believe that discipline is what's going to get you places. And I was extremely disciplined. i really into calisthenics. My Instagram page that I created for the new year was directly goal-oriented towards that. Um, and I've improved quite quite well, and I'm extremely proud of myself. And I would like to share those experiences with you. I would also like to talk about um, connection with others and and typically um, immune responses with the lack of connection with others and, and so on and so on, the food and health, emotional support, all that, all that, all that guru stuff. First, let's talk about the fitness aspect. So... Calisthenics is, is my baby. I've been watching video after video after video after video on professional calisthenics athletes. These guys are incredible. Anybody that is a calisthenics athlete listening to my podcast, I gave a major shout-out to you because the community is small for calisthenics athletes, but it's growing. But I'm going to be honest, it's only for the ones who have that motivation to get outside their comfort zone every day single day it's not just about lifting weights it's about owning and knowing your body it's about understanding the mechanisms behind the biomechanics of muscles i mean you have to understand generally you as a whole if you want to understand and perfect calisthenics and calisthenics is extremely difficult to master but the cool thing about calisthenics is is that once you master one move I guarantee you're going to want to master the second and the third and the fourth that you see. In May of this year, I was not able to do one muscle-up. I have now recorded myself doing 12 muscle-ups in a row without stopping. Now, for you those of you who don't know what a muscle-up is, Google it, YouTube it, do what you need to do to look it up. Muscle-ups are something that I'm extremely proud of that I have, uh, I guess, exceptionalized in the the numbers category. 12 is a huge number for me, because in May, I wasn't able to do one. It took me, like, the mind over matter concept just to get over the fact of how stupid simple the moves were, but it usually had to come with technique, and that's what I had to understand and had to get out of my little funk with, was... It came down to technique and getting off the, over the mind over matter. It's you have to understand the biomechanics behind it. So there, there, there's part of that. I'm still strengthening my body for the front lever. I have been able to hold the back lever for about three to four seconds now. Uh, that's that's honestly an impressive feat for myself. Um, there's a couple other things that I've been able to do that um, I would like for people to go on my Instagram page and check out. And, um, and typically, um, for those of you that are curious, my Instagram page is a D letter a, the letter D biohacker, a D biohacker. It's a brand new account, but more followers, the better, the more people can see my content, the more people can follow my podcasts, you know, get my name out there. I want to be a part of this calisthenics community. They're fantastic athletes and I give mad respect to them or for the individuals who have been doing it for years. Um, so yeah, guys, calisthenics, okay. We're not going to go into too much depth about that because I just want to give you a general overview of what I've been accomplishing over the last several months. But we're going to go into that. The, here's the real problem going on right now is that we're in some, something called touch starvation or lack of a connection. We as humans during this COVID pandemic are starving for physical and mental and emotional connection. I have seen close friends and family and I have watched and, and monitored their behaviors. And I tried to take into account prior to the COVID pandemic because I wasn't really paying attention to it because how can you protect a COVID pandemic or pandemic in general? But I was monitoring the behavior of my family and friends since it started. And I'm going to be honest with you, there is an incredible change in behavior. Number one, the social isolation. Not only did I notice that people are actually craving physical connection during this time, but the the craving of the physical physical connection is actually social distancing them or self-isolating them even more. So they're craving it, but they're self-isolating even more, but they're craving it. That's interesting. I'm not saying this is a scientific fact. I'm saying this is a pure, raw observation that I've been noticing. And so what does that do? Well, I think individuals are really, really terrified to go out and connect with people nowadays because two reasons. They want to do it, but they feel guilty for doing it. Okay, I've, I'm that same way. When you give someone a hug during times like this, you get weird looks from people. You almost get treated like you're like a virus itself. It's, it's, it's quite sad. Natural humanistic uh, behaviors like sneezing and coughing are treated as like an illness nowadays. It, it's, it's idiotic. When, you know, when someone sneezes around me or coughs, the first thing that runs through my head is not, oh my gosh, they have COVID. You know, you have to give people the chance to be human. Being human means that people are going to cough because maybe water went down the wrong pipe, or they're choking on food, or maybe they had something in their nose that triggered a response to sneeze. Give people a chance and give them a break. I mean, come on, let's, let's be humans here. Don't treat people like they're the plague or they're the disease, okay? And how this ties back into what I'm talking about with social isolation is that the physical connection that we're lacking is often, and could be, corrected If we drop that level of guilt and we pay attention to the individual in front of us that is actually wanting us to connect with them. So, for instance, you have a good friend and you want to connect with them, but you feel like you're guilty or you feel guilt because you're about to hug them and you're afraid of what people are going to think. You got to drop that and you got to go. And if you both are willing to be like, hey, let's, you know, hey, hey man, I haven't seen you in a while. Come on, let's, you know, let's just, you know, let's give each other, let's give each other a hug. You know, forget forget what these guys think. Like, like sometimes you have to admit that, like, you know, I'm socially disconnected from people. I need that connection. I need that 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 that's that starvation to be alleviated. And believe me, there are people out there who are thinking the exact same thing as you. Now, there are a lot of individuals who don't think that they're touch-starved. Um they just, they don't think it's a big deal or they don't believe in it at all. And it's here to tell you that it is incredibly common. Now, people who are introverts still need that social connection. Okay. I'm an introvert. I like being alone. My, my, my ideas, the, the fluid of my intelligence comes out. That's the working horse of my life. But then there comes that time where it's like, let's drop that for a second and go out, go to the park, see people enjoy nature right now I am currently earthing I'm walking barefoot on the grass I am getting that beautiful solar radiation from the Sun it is non-smoky today in my hometown thank you very much planet Earth for allowing the one day of our lives to uh, to be smoke free from all the fires happening it's really sad and uh, I, let's just say I pray for all those firefighters and medical personnel and uh, first responders. Uh, fighting this terrible, terrible um, tragedy. Yes, I'm outside, so you probably hear the sirens, ironically, talking about first responders. Thank you to them as well. Okay, so what's one thing you can do in order to improve your connection with something? If there are people in your life that you cannot directly connect with, here's one thing you can do. If you have an animal, love on that animal. Okay, your animals aren't going to have a preconceived judgment. They're like, well, I I understand the COVID pandemic, and I don't want your love. Your animals always want your love. So give them extra love. You may be surprised of how good you feel, and it's something actually sometimes overlooked. I'm not going to go into reading a good book, because there's even people who love books who don't really connect with books. They just like reading them. There's not a connection thing with them. It's an intellectual thing. To be honest with you, there's a kind of a difference between the intellectual connection and, and emotional connection towards something. So I'm going to skip the book part and I'm going to go right towards, um, you know, weighted blankets or blankets or pillows in general are excellent for this cause. I actually know some people who have weighted blankets who, who actually report that it alleviates their anxious and their, their fearful thoughts during times like this before they go to sleep and it actually helps them sleep better. The weightedness of the blanket allows the body to feel connected towards something, and so they feel more safe. Believe it or not, that has a huge impact on your mental health. At least for me, I'm just a, I'm just a, I'm an evidence-based seeker for that. I know I've tried a weighted blanket, and they actually feel really good. So my mental health feels really, really enriched whenever I use one of those. Um, so how is this affecting your immune system? I Told you we get into that. Um. This is a tricky one because we're transitioning into fall and then winter's coming. The weather's changing fast. It goes from really, really, really warm throughout the day now and then really cold at night and then really cold in the mornings and it doesn't start getting warm until probably like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. But how does this affect your immune system? Now, I'm going to, I'll go into a little bit of science, but I'm actually going to go off personal experience, how I feel, level of rates of me getting under the weather, blah, blah, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to give a great breakdown of this. People that transition from the summertime to the fall time stagnate. What do I I mean by that? Their bodies don't move as much. Now, evolutionary, we store more food and fat in the wintertime for fuel. Because we use a lot more energy in the wintertime than in the summertime. Because our body has to work harder, Right? So that actually causes people to eat more and to move less. Now, it's not necessarily eating more. and I'm not talking about good to bad food ratio. It's a whole other topic. I'm just saying food in general. We eat more and we don't move. Now, even healthy individuals will report that they feel bloated and lethargic and tired and fatigued and cramped and whatever word you want to use. And they're like, but I feel like I move a lot. Well, here's a theory I think what's happening the more we eat and the more we sit in environments that don't supply a lot of sun like the f- like the winter times for instance um a lot of cloud cover a lot of you know a lot of weather like patterns etc um i feel like our serotonin goes down and the sunlight re- releases serotonin you feel amazing sitting out in the sun for an hour or two a day yes i do that a little bit longer than most people with Say you should, but I do it anyways because I like the sun. And it releases serotonin, makes you feel good. Well, serotonin is also involved in appetite. It does a lot of other things for the brain, but it's involved in appetite. Now, a lot of it's actually produced in the gut. You can't have 100% of the serotonin made in the brain; you actually be tripping like crazy. But a lot of it's made in the gut, and does, there's a modulating factor that, get, that of how much goes into the brain. So about two, two, three, two to three. So maybe five percent of the serotonin made in the gut goes to the brain when needed, but sometimes it's so low in the gut that the body doesn't pump any to the brain because it needs it for other biological factors like appetite. Now it works really close with ghrelin and, and leptin. Ghrelin's a hunger, leptin's a suppressant hormone, and with all three of these being unbalanced, your hormones go to whack. You you start to crave more carbohydrates and sugar, and and yada yada yada, and you store more weight because now there's no thermogenic property to the foods. Your body is now just storing it and. What causes all this? Well, stagnation, terrible eating, and low sunlight. Reason how I know that's because I noticed on my own body. Now, my metabolism is incredibly fast. I don't gain fat weight. Brown adipose tissue, white adipose tissue um, are are, are different circumstances on my body. I gain muscle weight. Hence, the muscle I've gained since May, the 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 seventeen pounds I've I have put on. Now, for me, that's incredible. I am incredibly proud of myself that I put 17 pounds on my body, Of muscle since May. And I found what works for me, and I'm continuing that progress. And I'm going to 190. but the winter that's my goal, at least was 190 of pure, solid body muscle, like hardcore strength. But we're hitting into the winter months, and this is a little tricky for my body, because I know my body. I get stagnant, too. I don't go out in the sun because it's actually colder, obviously, so we do not motivated to go out and get to the sun. And our, a lot of our body is clothed. So, in the fall and the winter times, I recommend, since it's worked for me, to go outside, wear some layered clothes, please cover up your ears, the top of your head, your hands and your feet, you lose a lot of body heat, Okay, I'm all for cold thermogenesis, but losing a lot of heat for consistent periods of time is just not healthy for the body to keep going back and forth to this phase. You wanna maintain homeostasis. So, So wear clothing that maintains the loss of heat reduction for the body, or at least reduce the amount of heat being released from the body. Go outside, go for a walk, maintain a walk. 30 minute walks in the morning time or in the evening time, try to maintain that schedule go for a run, go try to go for a bike ride. If it's not icy, try to maintain some type of athletic schedule. Cause here's the thing, your body does burn more calories in the wintertime. Hence is why it tries to store more fat so you can use more of that, the, the, that, fat. So that's why the keto diet, in my opinion, works really well in the wintertime. Cause if you maintain the keto diet and you exercise, you, you're storing good fat, but you're not storing it as fat, you're storing it as, as, as usable ketones for energy and you're suppressing glucose, um, as the main fuel source, but your body still uses glucose, especially a little bit more in the winter time, because again, it's the brain's demand for energy. So we'll get it from carbohydrates or something called gluconeogenesis, which will take it from the liver and extract amino acids to convert that into the usable glucose the brain needs. Now, how, how is all this relevant? Well, um, just maintaining that schedule for the workouts, walking, running, Push-ups and why you want to do it out in the cold weather. Hence is why maintaining muscle in the winter time is actually is actually not that not that hard. Is since your body is already going to be trying to heat up itself to compensate for the fact that it's cold outside and you're wearing long sleeved clothing that is covering most of the parts that are reducing the amount of heat loss from the body which is the head hands and feet etc your body is now using that heat to to create a thermogenic effect in the body so now you're you know you're working harder you're you're burning you're using more fat as fuel because it has to use that stored fat as fuel to then be pumped into the body so the body doesn't starve then you do your workouts okay now you're like okay how many times a day do i do it for well try to do it for at least one or two times a day, again, morning and night. But here's the problem. Again, we also like to sit and cuddle and watch movies in the wintertime. I know I do. But going back to the immune system and stagnation, and the stagnation I'm talking about is lymph, tissue and or lymph fluid. Now, your lymph system is <laughs> your, pretty much your drainage system in the body. And um, Let's just say this, that your immune system starts in the lymphatic system, okay? You cannot have a healthy body, a healthy immune system, a healthy brain, nothing, without the proper movement of your lymphatic system. Now, it's a pump, excuse me, it's not a pump. It doesn't pump lymph fluid through the body like the heart does. It doesn't have a natural pump in the body. But what it does have is the ability to be moved through the body with motion mini rebounding on a mini trampolines, little mi- rebounding, jump rope, stretching, yoga, uh, treadmills, um, something that moves the body, but it ch- generates like a G force. So your body can now pump like NG force to the gravitational force, what I'm referring to. Um, like something that pumps like lymph fluid throughout the rest of the body. And rebounding is one of the best ways to do that. Jumping on a mini trampoline or a trampoline in general helps with this. Now, how does this tie into the immune system? your lymphatic system is your drainage system. If it's clogged, it will start to back up and dump back into the body. Think of your sink. If it clogs, it's going to start backing up into the sink. It's exactly what it does in the body. Well, not only does lymphatic fluid transport fatty acids and proteins throughout the body, but also collects dead debris, dead skins or dead, dead cells in general, and toxic waste. These compounds are two different things. And the compounds I'm referring to is the fatty acids and the proteins it transports and the and the transportation of waste and toxic material. You don't want these two together. That's why the generation of lymph fluid movement throughout the body is so critical. Because proteins and fats that can't be absorbed through certain processes in the liver and in the intestinal tract have to go through the lymphatic system for transport. A lot of omega fatty acids are like this. So, people who are stagnated in the winter time, which happens more because it's cold outside, Have higher rates of lymphatic stagnation, then their immune system suffers. They start to get more prone to the cold, and this so-called flu season. In a lot of therapies and a lot of practice that nutritionists uh, will explain, is that it's a vitamin D deficiency. We're not outside, so the vitamin D three will stimulate serotonin, which stimulate the hunger, will stimulate us to get outside and move and make us feel good about ourselves so our mood is elevated that's a whole beautiful uh, uh, cycle that the body does for itself in the winter that is completely hacked so again one way to biohack that is do a mini trampoline another thing you can do is red light therapy now you kind of mimic the infrared light to the sun so it modifies or mimics sorry you got some wind in the background if you hear those hear the bristling of the wind I apologize for that But the red light therapy accompanying with the G-force motion of the trampoline helps with the serotonin production, muscle regeneration, just like the sun does, Um, hormone balance and gut balance when it comes to um, uh, hunger hormones. And not only that, it allows the body to recycle, regenerate collagen. It's a cool thing. Red light therapy is something that everybody needs to check out. There's two things right there that you can do to automatically hack the environment when it comes to the cold weather. Yes, you can also go out in the sun if you don't want to spend money on red light therapy but at the same time you have the option go out and do it okay so since the lymph fluid is also involved in transporting immune cells to infected sites that is also impaired when your body is stagnated when it has no room to move i can't tell you how important it is to move your body every single day if you're sitting for more than 30 minutes guys I'm telling you right now, you need to get up and at least move for 5 or 10. Do some squats, do some stretches. Your body is, doesn't like sitting for more than 30 minutes. If you're going to do it, maybe that, that most, 45 minutes. But after, after 45 minutes, you need to get up. You need to move your body. It's really unhealthy to sit for more than 45 minutes. Um, cool. There's that. Now, we're going to tie in lymph, fluid, movement, immune system, and touch starvation. We're going to kind of connect them all, okay? Well, when you're physically connected to somebody, you release something called oxytocin, and then that releases dopamine for you to motivate yourself to do it more, and then endorphins gives you that euphoric rush, like, wow, I love the feeling of this. I'm going to work with dopamine and make it feel like it's going to, non, it's going to be nonstop, and I'm going to make myself feel great every single day because I love this feeling. Well, when we're born, and our mothers are holding us, cradling us, that releases oxytocin. It's a bonding pair hormone. But it's also called the love hormone. So our mother loves us, our cherishes, nurtures us, breastfeeds us, does all these things. And all these factors come into play. This is super beneficial because oxytocin is amazing at stabilizing hyperactivity in the immune system. Since we are so emotionally disconnected, even before the pandemic, a lot of us were. Now it's even worse now. I'm noticing through the, the, the friend groups, and again, this is not even scientifically based, it's observations. I'm noticing people around me are, their metabolisms are slowing down, they're gaining weight, they are, their, their moods are changing, their behaviors are changing, and they're actually essentially a different person. And it's all neurochemically in the brain and, and, and physiologically in the gut. And, and a lot of these, these things can be improved by social connection, it's amazing. we're not socially connected so what's one way okay this is key remember how I said I do not need to necessarily give someone a hug just the physical presence of them is enough for me okay if that's the same for you do a workout plan and it sounds so stupidly simple but I'm gonna be honest with you you may like it set up a workout plan with a friend and go and do it with them actually have a friend or multiple friends or family members hold you accountable for your workout schedules and not only will this help move your body to produce lymph flow to build your immune system it'll clean you out it'll make you feel more connected to your loved ones but it will actually also improve your sense of well-being and the physical connection and the social starvation that we're necessarily going through right now it will improve all these factors now i know the neuroscience behind oxytocin how it affects the brain endorphins dopamine so i'm speaking off of Experience based on how I feel, and the mechanisms, and the and the knowledge I have behind the the, the science. Please go out and do the research yourself on how ways to, you know in, increase oxytocin and dopamine. It's gonna it's gonna throw a plethora amount of information out there for you. That's okay. Pick one and stick with it. So, like I said in earlier podcasts, I'm gonna try to bring people on and. Uh, not try, I will. And I'm going to explain and go through detail of their personal experience with their weight loss protocols and typically their general sense of well-being through life, how they feel. I want people to give their statistical data data anal- analysis through like their, their trial and error periods, what worked and what didn't work for them. So the you, the audience, can actually hear what works out for another individual than just myself. Because again, I'm talking from a biased point of view. I've been doing this for a long time. I know it works for my body and I need you to hear another point of view from someone who actually struggled in the area for a long time and now is improving. And I have a couple of people I can definitely use that resource from and they'll appreciate it. This was uh, definitely fun, guys. Uh, this, podcast, uh, this, Paul, Paul, this podcast is gonna be called I think let's let's call it the summer winter transition, and then I'm gonna hashtag it or, or, or um, put a slash mark and then put um, like emotional reconnection, something like that, just so you can kind of get an idea. But again, my, my podcasts throughout the future are gonna be a little bit different. They're gonna be a little bit more modified, and they're gonna be a little bit more um, engaging and fun and. a a little bit more humor, get, get the crowds engaged. Um, so I really hope everybody enjoyed this podcast. It's been a while, but I am so excited to be posting again. If you have any questions, please reach out. Um, I am confident in my background that I can help you with any type of issue that you may be going through. Okay. This is the Rob Hacker podcast. This is the podcast that gives you the most raw and up-to-date information on applied nutritional science. This is from my brain cells to yours, to the audience. Thank you so much for being with me today. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Peace.